This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here at William Hill, you'll find pre game and in play cricket odds on loads of competitions. From test matches to one-day internationals, T20s and domestic cricket, we've got everything covered. Visit williamhill.com 18+. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Season 4 of Middle Please Umpire is sponsored by Step 1. Hello and welcome to Middle Please Umpire. Uh, I am Miles Jupp and I am joined as ever by... Uh, 95 mile an hour plus uh, pace merchant, um, Mark Wood. Hello, Mark. Hello, Miles, or should I call you Babushka? Babushka. That, <laughs> that is not, not actually a Kate Bush reference. I was just explaining to Mark that my hair, which has become increasingly sort of grey and wiry, like a sort of mad professor, I... Um, yeah, there's a dog called Bushka who at um, another parent owns at the school I take my children to the primary school and when I turned up with my hair looking like this everyone said oh my god you look like Bushka and I spent some time posing for photographs with this dog Bushka with its grey curly hair and then <laughs> one of the photos I said to Rachel my wife I said oh my head look at that one actually my head looks really good in that and then we zoomed in and the reason it looked good was because Bushka the dog's paw was right in the middle of my <laughs> right where you should have that nice tuft at the front uh, so, you've yeah. got it. I think if I think of what you maybe look like you look like either professor as a pad pendant off when he's got the wacky off the wacky races he's got the the hair that comes to the, out to the side or you look yeah. like someone you know like if you if you take the the casing off a pillow and you punch the middle <laughs> of the pillow and the feather spurted <laughs> that's right yeah yeah i've always wanted i'm not a vain person but i've ne- i mean i've always i've never really aspired to look like a piece of like beaten up furniture but at the same time, I've never felt like one. Um, you look very cheerful, actually. Fresh-faced. Yes, I've had a couple of days away, um, two or three days um, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, spotted some cricket lovers out there. We went to a place called Villa Mora, which was beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Got stopped a couple of times by some nice people, chatting about the cricket a little bit. Um, but in general, um, just nice to get a couple of days away. I mean, I got, I've trained really hard for, I think I had five, 
five days after the operation, obviously I had a bit of downtime, but every week I've been, you know, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then last week, um, I'm off my full run up and things are looking great. But then um, at the start of the week, my elbow was a little bit sore and I just, uh, the physio said, look, we've pushed it hard for a long time. Let's just back off a little, back it off it a little bit for about a week. Um, and tomorrow I'm heading to dum, 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 the Death Star, which is Loughborough. So, oh, gosh. Um, what are they going to do? They're not going to remodel your action, are they? <laughs> no, no. Years and years of success stories of people's actions being remodeled <laughs> at Loughborough. How awful if one of those suddenly ended in uh, disaster. Well, last time I was at Loughborough, they had the Vicon on me, which uh, they put the dots on you. So take oh, yeah. your, ske- your skeleton um, and they get to show you like wh- how your body's moving and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, sh- it shows how your body moves and, and how your action looks. And it's it's good, actually. But this time, just going there, the, the thing of physio, he lives in Worcester, uh, Ben Langley. So he's meeting me sort of halfway. So um, I'll have a couple of days boring with him and then we'll know more about the elbow then. But I pushed it hard and it pulled up a little bit sore after... Um, after like a couple of weeks of full run, um, a real positive session on Friday. I thought I was going to play for Durham in the 2020. And mentally, you know, I think that's the thing I found hardest is I keep thinking, right, I'm just about to play or I'm just about to come back. I mean, I play for everyone. I'd love to play for Ashton and anybody just to get a game and, and play some cricket. So, One with fours? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to play with you. Oh, my God, I would love to play with you. I haven't played for ages, so I've got, I've got the fear. But I think with your your situation, it's about just to take, you know, as a, as a sort of kindly line manager will say, you know, t- take as long as you want, mate. And there's no, there, is, <laughs> there, there is no point rushing back into it, is it? Well, I've, uh, there's, plenty, there's plenty of cricket left. I mean, I want to get back as soon as I can, but there's plenty of cricket left. I just want to play for anybody at the minute. It's not necessarily England or anything. I just want to just... I just want to try and play a game to get to get the sort of competitive edge back a bit. It's been a bit lonely bowling at no net by myself. Now I'm bowling at some some batters and that, which is good. But I think that's the hard thing about rehab. Like when people don't see it's like in the gym and in them hours where you're by yourself, it just gets a bit like oh. You, I mean, it's great, and I didn't get us wrong being a cricketer, but them them days are are tough because you're just like you think, am I actually progressing? You don't actually think that you are. It's more like you feel like it's just a tick, ticky box to get to the next stage. Well, that is that's the unseen bit, isn't it? Well, you've got to find fun in it. You've got to find fun in like, right today, um, I'm gonna you know mix up and try and bowl skills. How many times can I hit the top of off? How many Yorkers gonna bowl? This today, I'll try my wobble seam, and um, right today, I'll see how quick I can get the speed going. But all in the back of your mind, I think for me, it's always been when I feel like I can bowl with a. Uh, where my mind isn't on an injury, I feel like I can do really well because then I'm focused on the other end. At the minute, I'm not quite there where I'm focusing on the batting at the other end. I'm still thinking, how's my arm? Um, am I, is it going to hurt? Am I bowling fast? Stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's not the same as as nerves, is it? That that's the kind of you know that's the sort of ugliness that is doubt, I guess, rising to the surface. And that's kind of that's the thing you need to be on the other side of. And that that's the bit I reckon it, it, that it's definitely worth taking the time over so that's you know so that you can fully dispense with that because what mm. what are the feel what are the like the memories or if you're doing like uh visualizations what are those moments on a field that you have in your head well, i try and think of the intrinsic feeling of when i've pulled well so it's like feeling free loose um and loose in a loose in an aspect not where you know my mind scrambled i'm loose like that it's more like loose as in like i could just let my arm um 
like the ball seems to just fly out my my fingers. My arm feels like a like almost like a catapult or a delayed slingshot, and then boom, um, it comes flying through. And that that freedom and like you just you're not you're never tired. Things aren't heavy. Everything goes towards the target. It's and obviously it's very hard when I've got my arm taped up and um you know it's still a bit swollen or but you've got to go through those checkpoints to then get to that stage. So it's it's a constant battle in your mind you're fighting it all the time of right keep pushing through to get to the point you need to get to but at the same time thinking i want to feel free i want to feel you know like i'm it's flying on my fingers like a, and it's, it's actually a weird one because obviously usually i've got my ankle that's been the problem and there'll be days where it's like you know it might hurt running or i'm or i'm worried about landing it's a totally different feeling with the elbow because when you when you run in you feel like you feel i feel so fit i'm running in there's no problems and the elbow, because when you land with your foot, there's a crunch. The elbow that isn't really that. It's sort of like a, a ballistic movement, a bit like golf, where once you start swinging, there's no there's no way you can really tell how it's going to go. And that's the same when I start bowling. Until I let go of the ball, I can't feel a pinch or anything. So that bit's absolutely fine. It's only then when I release the ball, I might go, oh, that was a bit of a pinch there, or that was a bit sore. And then when I walk back my mark, sometimes it aches, sometimes it does nothing. So it's that trying to get over where I'm looking for something rather than just um, running in, running in and bowling. Because, like I said, it doesn't feel like a real injury because it feels like I, I should. It should be just normal because my 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 legs and everything's fine. I, it's it's the side of the, the of, of I suppose sport people don't see. You get that kind of glamorized sort of you know Instagram content version of oh you know. Uh, the men's team or the women's team in the gym or whatever and it all, all looks like a laugh but what people don't see I guess is is those kind of those those lonely hours which is just about building it up building it up building it up getting getting it ready and I guess those are the things you know when you you see someone on the pitch doing something absolutely astonishing it's not just the thing that they've pulled off that they're celebrating is it it's it's what's gone in it's mm. got it's what's gone into that yeah and I think what like if I if I think of how it's been since my operation, I've I've worked hard. You know, I've I've done everything the ECB have set us out to, to do. I've worked well with the Durham physios and the Durham staff. So they've all you know everybody's looked after us really well. I think that's the frustrating thing is when when you're doing everything you can and it's not quite happening as quick as you want or giving you the break that you're after straight away. It can be very frustrating. You know, I've been working so hard, turn up, you know. And this is the other worrying thing for me. I'm getting an hour and a half physio just to bowl four or five overs in the net. It, that shouldn't normally happen. It should be 20 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes. I mean, I know a lot of it's strapping and stuff, but it seems to me like it's a long time. Then I'm, you know, I'm having a swim, doing my arm stuff, um, getting it ready. Then I'll go and see the physio, have all that stuff. Then I'll go um, get strapped. Then I'll do, you know, a warm up. Then I'll bowl. Then I've got strength. I'll run or sprint after. So it's full on for like a few hours and stuff, and 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 to do that, you know, like every other day, it's it's I have worked hard trying to get myself right, and that that's the, that's a bit that's annoying. Well, also that that thing as well, you know, I I, I know that you've turned down uh, jollies, basically, you know, things that would have been gone and fun to do or been you know economically worthwhile just to just to focus on on your rehab, and I think that that sort of focus that you have is amazing, and I. The ultimate motivation, I suppose, is going out and playing for your country and your uh, and your and your club. It's not a sob story, though, Miles. It's not like a oh look. I know I'm inc- incredibly fortunate to be in the position in the amount of games I've played and stuff like that. So it's not 
this isn't a sob story all poor me it's just you know the minute I'm finding it a bit frustrating that I'm not back out there playing especially when you see the lads on the TV and um, I see Durham in the 2020s and stuff I, I want to be out there playing I think that's that can be as frustrating as anything else is that when you feel like you're doing everything you can but it's not quite clicking um, but again you know I, I understand the, the fortunate position I'm in and you know I could be out there you know like me grand and people are trying to go and do the mines and stuff like that so I understand that I'm in a, a great position but I just you know I want to I want to be back out there playing I guess the competitive side of it is wants to be charging in I, I, I've done had two or three years where from an injury point of view things have been pretty good and I've bowled high speeds backed it up and backed it up so this is just one of them things that just really irritates me well I know that um you know when you when you're in the gym or you're in the nets on your own you know you that 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 is just you where, where you're not alone is in terms of wanting to be out there again because people not ju- not just makes my mates like me but people you know you you're not alone in that regard Pe- people would love to see you bowling again and i i think there's not there there needn't be an impatience about it where, mm. whenever you're able to do that it it will just be glorious and and when it, whenever it is it will be it will be worth the wait i don't want to sound like a life coach because i got i don't i don't really know what what i'm talking about <laughs> i do I, on one level i have no idea how hard you work but on another level i i just know that you work so so hard to get yourself in the shape that you need to be in to play and i you know genuinely mean to do please take take as long as Take as long as you need. Thank you, man. On a on a on a lighter note, Miles. What what, pan, what pants are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I've moved from blackberries <laughs> to uh, cherries at the minute. That's that's the the fruit of of choice at the minute. I've, I've been now. Is this a te- is this to do with taste or is this to do with the season? I'm not quite sure. I mean, I've been buying them from the shop. You know what I like as well. The old. It makes me feel like a cowboy back in the day. You know when they used to spit tobacco. Yeah, and it would bucket. I do that into a into a container for me pips of me cherries, and I think I, I end up just saying like John Wayne quotes, like that'll be the day, and spitting my 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 pip into. I have to. Oh, uh, talking of um, professional cricketers, I I've met a number of professional cricketers this week, Woody. Um, I oh God, I, this isn't this. You're not going to tell me about the WhatsApp picture, are you? <sighs> the the glint in your eye in that picture. <laughs> I uh what Woody is referring to is I, I on our, our middle police umpire WhatsApp group I put a picture of me with the um do you know what I mean by Mike Lefton, the uh, England cricketer Mike Lefton. I was uh, a very uh, very privileged to be asked on Friday I was hosting um this uh, a gala dinner for the Bob Willis Trust, which is raising money for um, research and treatment of uh, uh, prostate cancers. Part of it was to interview um, a panel of people that included NASA say Mark Butcher, Ravi Shastri, and would you believe it Mike Afton so we we did um I don't know, 20, 20 minutes on stage together. So it was very nice to see him, and he was on fine form. As indeed was Nasser Hussein, who has... He's got this kind of um, pantomime villain aspect to him. I don't know what which he kind of trades on. Oh, no, he doesn't. He talks... <laughs> very. Um, he, uh, but he, like, he literally talks about... He sits there talking about really being really unpopular in front of people. Clearly, really enjoy his company. Uh, it's extraordinary, but he was, but he does. He is one of those people that gets a sort of gets a bit of grief at those sort of events. Have you heard him on comment when he goes, "Oh, come on, Nas," and stuff like that? Like he badgers himself when he's yeah. like, he says something stupid. That's that's good crack, good fun. 
Now, shall we? We've talked um, relatively seriously about your state of mind. Uh, we've talked quite jovially about the state of my fucking hair. We've got a, a mailbag to have a little look at before we uh, uh, play our interview with this week's special guest. Okay, the Middle Please Umpire, Series 4, Episode 7, Mailbag. Let's have a look. Uh, and right, so we've got cricketers in unexpected places. I always hope these will stay jolly. If these ever go dark, I'll be really, I'll be sort of really upset. You'll never guess who I saw being bundled in the back of a police car, etc. Uh, right, here we go, here we go. Uh, so this is Matthew Ellison. Uh, a few weeks ago, a day or so after the recent New Zealand Test match at Lords, I was shopping in Sainsbury's Sedgefield. Other supermarkets are available, just not in Sedgefield. Sedgefield, of course, uh, that was uh, Tony Blair's constituency. When I was leaving, the, that's my note, not not Matthew's. He's he, for whatever reason, he's chosen to stay off the subject. Perhaps he thinks it's controversial. Uh, when I was leaving the cheese aisle, a whole cheese aisle. Sometimes it's a dairy aisle. Have you been to the Sainsbury's Central, Mark? That sounds extraordinary. Am I meant to answer? I'd like Matthew to follow up this. I think a cheese aisle is that's um, that it's got to be the cheese section of the dairy aisle. A whole cheese aisle is too. Maybe Wallace and Gromit own it. I would, I would, I, I mean, I, I would be tempted to move there if, if there's a whole aisle that's cheese based. Anyway, not to interrupt. Let me. I was shopping in Sainsbury's Sedgefield, other supermarkets are available, just not in Sedgefield, when I was leaving the cheese aisle to head down through the fruit and veg towards the self-service checkouts. It was at that moment I was passed by none other. I love the fact that people always put none other than in these letters. It delights me. I was passed by none other than Durham and England opener Alex Lees. Alex Lees, of course, he, he lives around there, yeah. Alex Lees, near the cheese. Uh, I didn't think to stop and observe what cheese he had selected. I've been kicking myself ever since. Uh, well, Mark, if anyone can give us the inside track on this, it's you. What sort of cheese would Alex Lees uh, be most likely to buy? Well, coming from Yorkshire, I would have thought it would be something from Dales. I couldn't imagine it being Red Leicester because, obviously, fierce competitor of Yorkshire. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it being Philadelphia because obviously that is overseas. That, that's probably Liam Plunkett's favourite cheese. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to go for and indeed Rockies. Yeah, <laughs> um, he ought to like Rock for but the yeah. Yorkshire. Listen to myself. I'm out of control here. <laughs> okay, Wensleydale. Well, you've probably got his number. Can you text him and find out? Actually, do you know what? Let wait till the run races. The run chase is over because they'll be they'll all they'll all be they're probably focused on that, aren't they? Rather than answering text messages about cheese but I actually I would I would like an answer on this oh mark. he's just on the balcony here now he's having baby bell Is that, <laughs> well at series five uh, by that point mark I would like you to have found out exactly what cheese Alex Lees bought in Sedgefield uh, and I would actually like Matthew to clarify is there a whole cheese aisle that sounds unbelievably decadent uh we've had a letter here from a man called this is a hell of a nickname Nathan the producer uh, I can only assume this is our is our actual producer uh Nathan, uh, let's read on and find out. I am writing to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am writing to myself to share a very surprising cricketer sighting. I was recently at an Elton John concert at Hyde Park when I spotted none other than the little master himself, Sachin Tendulkar. I was so surprised to think that he may be a fan of the Rocket Man and to see him just wandering around that I totally forgot to ask him onto the podcast. <laughs> or even what his favourite TV hour was. There were also no bird tables handy to present to him. <laughs> Sorry, chaps. Well, uh, you've absolutely managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory there, Nathan. That would have been a perfect opportunity um, to have... Oh, 
the sight, the sight of uh, the little master one making his way back from Hyde Park with a bird table <laughs> slung over his shoulder, <laughs> singing your song to himself. That would have been gorgeous. Anyway, that's not a bad spotting at all. Very well done. Sachin, if you're listening, I presume you're a fan, please let us know your top five Elton John songs. Um, thanks, Satch. Uh, right, uh, Quirky Cricket Grounds. This is sent in by David Smith. Possibly not the one that used to open for Sussex, but who knows. Uh, probably not the one that taught me drama at school. That would just be because he'd say, wouldn't he? Um, back in the 90s, I played for a team called Monkland Cricket Club, and we decided to go on a tour one year. The fact that it's one year suggests that this, this is leading towards disaster. I'm not sure how it came about, but we secured a match against RAF Macrahanish. Uh, that is uh, it's a remote airfield in the west of Scotland. There's a lot. I'm quite good on the west of Scotland. Why did you say that? Like you're in the super, supermarket aisle? RAF Macrahanish. That's aisle three, Macrahanish. I'll see. Could an Inspector Sands make his way to RAF Macrahanish? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ardnamurk and Ardtornish I can do, but Macrahanish, maybe it's just Macrahanish. Uh, it's anyway, it's a remote airfield in the west of Scotland. Uh, on arrival, we had to go through a checkpoint and sign in before we were allowed on the base. I recall that many of the players signed in with names at the time would have been on a terror watch list. Oh, dear. Anyway, the pitch was an artificial mat on a vacant field, and whilst we were playing in the pishing rain, <laughs> helicopters were coming and going. This had the effect of regularly blowing the bales off and the draught causing bowlers at certain moments to bowl like Malcolm Marshall. We didn't win very often in those days, but we managed to win that day. That, is, that sounds like an extraordinarily terrifying uh, environment in which to play cricket, but congratulations, uh, somewhat belated, David, uh, on your victory. Uh, this is from Ed Stone. I wondered what happened to the Ed Stone. Uh, this is, uh, he describes it as a Bob Hoskins moment. Um, Hello, Miles and Mark. You may recall my last contribution to MPU when I confused Gus Fraser and Derek Pringle one very fateful day. <laughs> Ed, <laughs> Ed, 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 I am unlikely to forget... I am unlikely to forget that ever. I appreciate that writing again is almost bound to end in an anticlimax for all concerned, but here goes. Your encounter with Bob Hoskins, where you mistook his reach for the coffee machine for a welcoming handshake, reminded me of a similar encounter I had with the famous cricketer mid-game. In 1982, at the age of nine, I was gifted a course of summer school cricket training at Laws, where Will Slack and Joel Garner coached us lucky youngsters. Very lucky. Uh, it was a fabulous education in cricket that gave me all sorts of advantages on the school cricket pitch. Big Bird was, and probably is to this day, a gentleman. He really took us under his wing, just to continue the avian metaphor. It was that summer, a few months after the course, when I thought Joel... <laughs> a few months after the course, I thought Joel had recognised me in the crowd. Somerset had yet again made the final of the BNH Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to be on a Rover ticket wandering around the Lord's Ground. I suppose I was one of those annoying kids walking the boundary between deliveries. During game, the players were interacting with the crowd, and even though I probably imagined I was the best kid ever to have been trained under Joel Big Bergana, I really didn't think he'd remember me. With Somerset well in control and heading for another trophy, they put Joel out to third man, and he ended up fielding on the boundary, very close to where I was seated by the rope. It must have been the end of an over, but he glanced over his shoulder, turned and then strode towards me with a smile. Wow, he's recognised me, I thought, and was popping over to say hello. I began to wave at him, and he was now waving and gesturing like I was a long-lost friend. As he arrived at the boundary and I prepared for a handshake, hug or high-five, he proceeded to look straight past me, stretch his long arm into the row behind me, and grabbed a can of red stripe from someone he clearly did know. <laughs> In my mind's eye, he took a swig of beer before returning to bowl his spell. He took a match winning three for 13 in 8.1 overs that day. Even now, it recalls a rather embarrassed feeling in front of a pack laws, but he was a great man <laughs> nonetheless. I think that is incredibly sweet that you would think that he would remember you after, you know, months apart. 
That is absolutely glorious. Uh, well, very nice to hear again uh, from you, Ed. And um, no, that Bob Hoskins moment was that was. Thank you for reminding me of that excruciating moment. Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles, they've they've forgotten the email address again. So look. If you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be, you want to send to them, please email them at middleplease at hotmail.com. Um, and if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. The mailbag will remain open. Uh, unusual grounds, cricketers spotted in unusual or everyday places, uh, umpiring incidents, uh, or indeed worst games. Uh, perhaps tell us about the best selfie that you've had. Uh, with an exciting cricketer. Mark, who's the best person you've had a selfie with? Lewis Moody. When, oh, right, yeah, cool. Oh, the, you did a dinner together with him? Yes. At Lawrence, is that right? You do go on about him a bit, Mark. It's a bit, if you don't mind me saying, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I saw him somewhere and I waved at him. I wonder if he'd wave back. You, I think he would because you're, uh, you're Mark Wood. So he'd think, there's Mark Wood, don't, don't you think? I think you'd think, who's that uh, bloke waving at me? No, I, th- I think I'd think he'd be very receptive to to a wave, high five, or indeed hug. I I also remember when I made my my debut, my mate sent a screenshot. It was like something like um, England cricket uh, new number six 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 seven. Adam Lyther, Mark Wood. <laughs> my mate sent a screenshot of the comment. The first comment was, "Mark Wood looks like a plasterer." <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you know the name of the cricketer who got cap number one? W.G. Griff? No. Unless I'm mistaken, his name was Henry Jupp. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You so... My great, great, great uncle. I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. He, uh, only for tests, though. Never got to play a T20, sadly. Um, <laughs> but he would, have been, he would have been exactly the sort of person that I imagine would have been picked up by uh, London Spirit. Uh, fine, <laughs> a fine chap. I feel like he was great against anything under sixty-three mile an hour, but he really struggled against anything or against spin dominated. Well, he was an opener, so I imagine he was probably quite good at pace. But he um, he scored the first ever half century, I think, by an Englishman in a Test match. But I would say, with every passing generation as a family, we've got worse at cricket. Now, um. A person who would have been able to answer that question uh, without a shadow of a doubt is uh, this week's guest. Uh, now, um, would you like to try and guess who this week's guest is, Mark? Give me a clue. I've, all, I've given you one really vague clue, which is that he knows a lot about cricket. I don't think we've had any guests on that don't know a lot about cricket. His hair is wilder than the mine is at the moment, um, and a brighter colour. Crusty uh, the Clown. No. Um, he he's a he's a serious numbers person. Oh, um, he he isn't he isn't Benedict from Sky. He's the guy to book corner and countdown. <laughs> no. Well, or maybe he has done that. He, he he's on Test Match Special Mark. Oh, it's Andy Zolfman. Middle Please Umpire is proud to be sponsored by Step One Underwear the UK's choice for comfortable, breathable and no-chafe boxes. Step One believes great achievements start with getting the basics right. So delivering maximum comfort while you're compiling your century or coming in for your third spell of the day is all important. Step One's stylish boxes are worn by elite cricketers and sports people the world over. But why do they wear them? 
Well, they completely eliminate chafing with their ultra-glide panels, which prevent your thighs from rubbing together. So get rid of the baby powders, lotions, or whatever other remedy you use. They have got your thighs covered. Not only that, they're ethically made, sourced from sustainably grown organic bamboo, making them super soft, antibacterial, and breathable, keeping your, and I can't believe I'm saying this, meat and two veg dry all day, whether you're on the pitch or going about your other everyday shenanigans. It's not just gentlemen who get to enjoy the comfort of Step 1, they have a women's boxer range as well. Step 1 are so confident that you'll love them that there's a 30-day money-back guarantee on your first purchase. If you don't like your first pair, for whatever reason, they will give you a full refund and you get to keep the pants. So you can try them out completely risk-free. Best of all, for a limited time, listeners of Middle Please Umpire, that's you, can get a whopping 30% off the entire range. Just head to step1.life and enter the code MP30 at checkout. See what the fuss is all about and make Step 1 an essential part of your daily chafe and sweat-free living. Step 1. Get some. William Hill's Safer Gambling Tools helps you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Uh, well, welcome to the podcast, uh, Andy Zaltzman, uh, statistician, satirist, uh, log flume activist, <laughs> and, and indeed advocate. Uh, Andy, how um, h- how are you? Well, I mean, as long as there are log flumes in the world, my work will not be over. So, yeah, but... Um... <laughs> It is no. It's important, and you can't. It's important to just bit one issue, isn't it? So too often people are spread spread too thinly. I think, but you've Am really I pro or anti log foods. Uh, you just want them to be talked about. All oh, right, okay. yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, oh, basically, it's about taboo breaking. Right, okay. Um, that's good. <laughs> uh, Andy, if you were to, uh, you know, if you think about your dreams and interests as a child, if you, I mean, in your wildest dreams, and I think we all know that you have incredibly wild, vivid <laughs> dreams. Uh, could you ever imagine that you would find yourself where you are today? Not not just as a guest on the fourth series of Middle Please Umpire, but as uh, <laughs> su- suddenly to be the Test Match Special Statistician. Well... Are you still pinching yourself? Uh, yes, yeah, definitely. I've, or was so, it statistically but, always going to happen? <laughs> it was not statistically always going to happen. And it was it was genuinely a childhood dream, albeit I was quite an odd child with um, <laughs> with quite odd dreams, I guess. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I turned to statistics when it became uh, achingly obvious that I was not very good at playing. So, you know, we find refuge in the numbers of those who are rather better at playing than uh, than I was. Well, I, I've always imagined that, because, I suppose because of your sort of super intelligence, you'd be a sort of a, a wily <laughs> spinner or something. That uh, Yesterday I found myself, and I'm sure you can picture the scene, uh, sharing a taxi in Northumberland with the president of the UK Humanists. And he said, <laughs> I've played cricket with Andy. He's an excellent wicketkeeper. Oh, right. Is that is that your discipline? Well, I would say I was at best adequate at wicket keeping, um, but I'll, uh, no, I, I did it a little bit at school until a, a kid was who was better at wicket keeping turned up, and I was um, sent out to field at mid on and drop eighty percent of the chances that came. Probably actually, that's a conservative estimate. Um, <laughs> did you have a pocket hat on when you were wicket keeping? Uh, I can't. I I remember having a red sun hat when I was about ten that didn't fit very well and kept falling off. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I was not a natural, I think it's fair to say, at any any of the cricketing disciplines. But um, who, I mean, I'm, I'm flattered that I was described by a humanist as an excellent wicketkeeper, and there can be no higher praise than that. <laughs> 
that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you, it, I think it is one of the filters on Stats Guru. Uh, there's the, there's a, there's a little box you could tick that's. But but what do the humanists think? <laughs> uh, have you two met, by the way, Woody and uh, Zoltz? Have you ever encountered each other in the flesh or digitally? I have, I actually have seen I've seen Zoltz quite a bit at the cricket. I haven't spoken him much in depth, but I've seen him a lot around. I came in the BBC box as well, where I was invited once to um, test my special. And England got bowled out for sixty. And funny enough, I've never been invited back again. So uh, um, I think they think I'm a bad omen there. I'm sure it can't be the case. Uh, Andy, is it, actually, there's something I was going to check with you, which is: is cricket actually your favourite sport? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not even close, Mark. I mean, I love a lot of sports. Well, that was my thing, because you know so much and follow so many of them. I wondered if it was even your... You know, like I asked Alex Stewart what his favourite sport was, and he said football. Really? You know, and I, which really really sort of took, <laughs> took me back somewhat. But because, yeah. you, yeah, you know so much about... So you probably know as much about other sports as you also know about cricket, which is te- terrifying and perhaps some but sort that's, of symptom. Well, a complete waste of a human brain, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, uh, no, I know cricket's definitely my... You know, my 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 one true love. <laughs> Gosh, right. Well, let's let's hope your family aren't listening in. I've told them that. Oh, I've I told see. them that to yeah, their yeah. face on an almost weekly basis. And that's and that's why you're in a shed, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. essentially. <laughs> what is your oddest or or proudest uh, piece of cricketing memorabilia? I I, I bought uh, an auction uh, a few months ago, a signed bat from the 1905 Old Trafford Test match that was signed by the England and Australia teams. It's not in very good condition, and it's got quite a lot of woodworm, but it's still a very old bat with some very dead cricketers' autographs on. So I think that's probably my favourite bit. Was that the sort of uh, cricketing lunch where the auction starts after you've had maybe two bottles of red wine? Uh, no, this was just it was just a regular a regular oh, well online auction, and it had a lot of old cricket bats. I wonder if it was <laughs> so, off uh, Harry Judd. That's who I was thinking. I was thinking as he get oh, yeah. one of his collections there. <laughs> We, Harry Judd has a collection of like, well, over 40 90s cricket bats, and he and I started getting very excited. Woody, I have to say, Woody's eyes glazed over very quickly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's quite a number of topics that I bring up that you just right. see Woody. Sometimes he just allows his, his chair to spin round. He thinks, oh, no, not again. I can't hear any more words about, you know, Michael Andrew Atherton or, or whoever it might be. Um, do you... Um, do you feel as you're getting older, Andy, you are taking on more knowledge or are you just acquiring the skills to access information more easily? I mean, technology has helped you, obviously. Yes. Well, I, th- I mean, I think in terms of what I do on TMS, uh, it's obviously completely changed since the internet came along. Bill Frindle used to take a trolley load of books with him everywhere um, to look stuff up, whereas now, you know, it's just a, a laptop. So I guess, the, you know, the skill is now knowing, not not necessarily knowing a, a lot of facts as knowing what's and what to look up and how to look it up uh quite quickly on air um but in, i mean just in terms of the general process of human life the brain does i mean shed unnecessary well i say shed unnecessary knowledge it actually generally sheds necessary knowledge and leaves certainly left me with a load of sporting stats that i knew when i was 12 have you, have <laughs> you found any like obs- real obscure stats that you couldn't find or anything that you were asked where you're thinking about i'm never going to find this out or um yeah i mean there, there's a there's a few i mean there's, there's things regarding <laughs> occasionally get asked about you know players who've done things on their birthdays which is quite fiddly to find out <laughs> um <laughs> but uh well generally it, it, it yeah most things from the various databases that are around you can you can uh you can dig up 
Um, Can you do it live? Do you have Do you have access at your fingertips now? If I, to, I mean, if, to, if to I said, say, <laughs> say, tell us something surprising about Mark Wood. I mean, by, as in that would surprise Mark. Nothing would surprise me about Mark Wood, but I'm sure lots of things about Mark Wood would surprise would surprise Mark Wood. Uh, well, I can tell you that uh, right now because well, when I was coming on this podcast, I, I thought well, it'd be nice to have a stat about about Woody. And uh, oh and no, this, this, well, no, this, <laughs> this came up in in Hobart because I was there for for BBC for the Ashes. You're uh, you're six for thirty seven in Hobart uh, since the eighteen eighties. Only three England bowlers have taken a five-wicket haul in a test in Australia at a lower average runs per wicket. So yours was, you know, 6.16, 6 for 37. And those three are John Snow, Frank Tyson and Harold Larwood. So that's, you know, the, the pantheon of great English fast bowlers in Australia that you that you joined oh, in, the, in that game. I'll take that. That's a great start. What a shame there's only three places on a podium. <laughs> <laughs> That well, would... I think we should get Andy on every week. I mean, these just... stats, I mean, I already feel fantastic yeah. about myself now, eh? Yeah, we'll have uh, smoke-blowing corner, and every week Andy could... So, so obviously, <laughs> obviously he's researched me. Have you done anything on Miles? On my... <laughs> Miles' cricketing stats are slightly less plentiful. Um, <laughs> so. I think I've got some entries. Is it called playcricket.com, the sort of club cricket uh, oh, right. yeah. archive? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, yes, I have to start, you have to scroll down a lot. I mean, you might wear out your mouse uh, scrolling... <laughs> What age are you, Andy? So, what age am I? What age are you? This, these now, are the sort of stats you really right. ought to have at your yeah, fingertips. Uh, that's 47. 47. So yep. uh, what age did you uh, begin to love cricket? Uh, well, I can tell you that exactly. Uh, six. Um, because I remember seeing little bits of the 1981 summer on TV. One of my earliest cricketing memories is watching Chris Tavare bat, who was my... You know, I grew up in Kent. And, you know, when Tavare played for England, even at that age, whereas that was quite exciting to see Kent run. Obviously, he batted phenomenally slowly alongside Ian Botham, batting phenomenally quickly. And I, I, I love that that contrast of the the fast and the slow. So uh, that was the summer I sort of started, I guess, becoming aware of cricket. We lived in a little village that had cricket on the green. I remember going, going to see that. And then my dad bought me some books about it. Uh, bought me the, uh, a couple of books about the, eight, the 81 Ashes that had a load of Bill Frindle stats and scorecards in the back, and I think that's when the portal... And... So did did um, did Tavare get the same rap that Jack Leach got when he did the thing with Stokesy? Did he get the same sort of... Did he get a Specsavers <laughs> deal? Did he get... <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of... I, no, I don't think so. Um, it wasn't quite such a dramatic... I mean, this was the old Trafford test where... England won quite easily. The Headingley match, actually, the tailenders kind of gave it a whack alongside both of them. But uh, mm. yeah, I just wrote it was, it, it, I mean, even in the 80s, which was yeah, relatively slow scoring by the standards that we see today, it, Tavare was was very much at the the stodgy end of the, of the <laughs> defensive scale. But when you were watching them back together, did you would you rather have been both of them or Tavare? Well, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, ideally, a hybrid of the two. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. But no, I was, I was, I mean, a gr- grindingly tedious batsman in in my limited career at school and in village cricket. Uh, I once, um, I once got out for six uh, in uh, an hour and a quarter in a school match, and four of them were an edge between the wicketkeeper and first slip. Right? <laughs> that to be proper I, batting. Proper uh, when batting. I was about twelve, I got, uh, I, I got one. I was opening, and I was in for an hour and four minutes. And the single was off the like the fourth ball I faced. Yeah, and I just and we yeah we were, we were battling it out for a draw, 
as we were from the beginning of every game we played, uh, that would have been the absolute dreamy end game for it. Miles, I've got um, I've got history of that. So there's a lad I've played Northumberland for. He's called um, Chris Weldon, lovely lad. But he was on the stodgy uh, end that day. He, I think he had six of 66 balls. It was a 40-over game, I think. So I ran him out deliberately. <laughs> um, I give it the old yes, no, maybe. And... Um, he was out by a street and when uh, when we came off at the end, I just, oh, sorry, man, I just had a brain fear then. But really, I'd had enough of his stodginess. I thought, we've got to get on with it. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to get him out of there. Well, that was you taking an executive decision. It's one, you weren't sort of captain's orders, like when Botham was told to go and run out, boycott. Exactly. It was you showing leadership. Because I, I, when I asked about Tavare Botham's orders, because I remember, like you, I was at that last day at the Oval in 2005. I was sitting a few, by chance, I was sitting a few rows behind you and... Uh, Chris Addison and John Oliver you was you must have been quite yeah we were all in the same bit bizarrely in front of the gas yeah. holders but that watching that partnership between Peterson and Giles I was probably probably the only person in the ground thinking in this situation right now the person I'd most like to be is Ashley Giles because <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always oh. loved a number eight scoring runs and uh, I've always loved that and I, I kind of that's the that's the, I, that used to sort of be my ambition at the time, is to be a sort of a non a non bowling Ashley Giles that could be mainly vaguely, <laughs> vaguely useful at number it's eight. Good to have a dream in and, life, Miles. And take, <laughs> it's good to have a dream. <laughs> and take some, uh, yeah, and he and he took some fine catches at uh, Gully <laughs> as well. How, how many of the game uh, days of that that series did you go and see? Of oh five, just just the five days at the Oval. So Chris, oh well done, Anderson got managed to get a load of tickets uh, through being a Surrey member. So yeah, we went to all. All five. I don't, yeah, I think that's that's right up there with the greatest moments of my life. Sitting watching uh, all five days of that. Uh, the twelfth of September, two thousand and five. That is, yeah, was an absolutely glorious. Because I remember I had to run do, off. Do you both think that that was the greatest series? Do you both think that? Uh, I do. I do think. I do think that just because you know it was the two best teams. It was you know a series of unbelievably dramatic games. That the, you know the whole kind of history of England having been hammered for a decade and a half. I, I do, I do, I think that was probably as good as cricket can get. It was free. It, it was free to air. It sort of cut yeah. through to the public. You know, people that you'd never. Well, what do you think? What do you think, Woody? What's your? Do, do you have? Do you have a personal favourite? Yeah, that was that would be mine. That was yeah. probably the. I had the 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 DVD box at that, and we me and my friends would watch that all the time. And obviously, you know, I had an interest because Harmy was playing as well. So obviously, yeah, yeah. it just the whole thing. I just thought because Australia was so good. Like to be able to beat them with the, their superstars and their team was just like, I think, inspiring. Yeah, and there were some great. I mean, just in terms of you know your life as a high speed bowler, there was some you know, just great fast bowling mm. and extreme speeds in that. I remember Brett Lee and Sean Tate at the Oval bowling at Peterson, and and there's a half hour after lunch where oh, Lee yeah. Lee and I think it was Lee and Warren bowling at Peterson, and he was taking them on. I think it was. That's probably my favourite little period of cricket that I've ever seen. Mm. I mean, I think the only thing missing for the series was that no sort of out and out eccentric took six for thirty-seven. But <laughs> other... <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I did love it. Well, so then, as a as a once you joined TMS, I mean, what what have been the most extraordinary uh, matches or series you've seen unfold from the box? Do you think? Well, um, the World Cup was an amazing thing to be. To be work, working on, and I use the word "working" in its most elastic sense, and that and the, the, the tension <laughs> at the final uh, of the, the the last sort of two hours of that final, 
And I'm, I mean, God knows what it was like for you, Woody, as a as a player. But to just yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Whole, I've never known just such you know the whole the thirty thousand people just kind of gripped with tension, fear, excitement, um, and uh, yeah. From I mean, from my point of view, at that point, the stats had sort of become completely irrelevant. So I was just sitting there in the TMS box. <laughs> Of sweating and um, but did so you know the rules? Yeah, no, I didn't, know. Know. <laughs> didn't have a clue. Um, we didn't either. What? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've made them up. I mean, I should I could have just made some up. And they turned to me, so Andy, what happens if it's a if it's a tie in the Super Over? I reckon I could have made something up, and someone would have been listening to it in, in the pool and say, "Yeah, let's go with that," and uh, and uh, they'd have run with it. So it I think a... the number of people <laughs> in the ground that knew what was going on. I just remember they eventually had to explain over the tannoy what was going on as a result of the sort of confused yeah. hubbub. Do you, do you remember results in the in the TMS box? Who would look the most nervous? Because obviously from Sky, they can cut to the commentators, can't they? And show yeah, them. yeah. But TMS, there's not always the camera there. Was that was anybody particularly walking around or like look really nervous? Um, or? Uh, well, I, I, oh, I can't, can't can't remember. I'm, uh, Michael Vaughan was was visibly. Um, trembling from what i remember i think everyone was really um um J- jeremy coney was most on edge for as our new, new zealand but it was just i mean i was sort of sitting at the front of, so i couldn't really see what was going on mm. behind me but it was you know just such an in- incredible moment of sporting drama but did you not also go to an indian uh, world the world cup in india i did yeah so i saw i, saw, I was there for crick info so i saw india winning in Mumbai, which was fairly spectacular, and the, the hundreds of thousands of people out on the streets. That must have been extraordinary. That, that's when uh, when Don, did Donny put, push himself up the order in that, that final run chase. Yes, uh, he yeah he went in ahead of Yuvraj, I think, and made uh, made ninety odd not out and finished it with that gigantic gigantic six. But I mean, so I started on TMS in twenty sixteen, just doing the 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 white ball stuff, and it was you know a great time to. To, to work on the England white ball team and sort of, you know, to ch- sort of change the following year after the 2015 World Cup and then to follow that, you know, your team, Woody, through those those years. And and what was really interesting was, I mean, it, and I don't know, you know, you might have an interesting view on this, in the months leading up to the World Cup, the, um, you know, England had been predominantly, you know, a, a very effective batting side. But in the months before the World Cup, you came back with your sort of changed run-up Joffre Archer came into the team, and the uh, and it was almost the bowling that ended up winning England that tournament, having been you know the, the team that was you know smacking massive scores all over the place, and in, in the final it ended up as a low score. I and mean, did you feel that that was that was sort of coming together as you went into the tournament? You felt that that you were all sort of you had you know more dimensions as a bowling side. Yeah, and and firstly I'd say definitely you can come back on, and secondly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that you know we we were quietly confident in my bowling attack. I think the the batting has always been, you know, we'll blast teams away to phenomenal lineup that just keep coming and coming. But you know, I think Wokes was at the height of his powers. Yeah. Joffre had come in; he was fresh, raw. Give her an, another, you know, dimension with with high pace and high skill. Um, I just done Pud- Pudsey well in the middle overs as well. Pudsey, uh, you know, we, we had Tom Curran on the bench. Um, Stokes, he was obviously bowling. He took wickets the first game, I remember. Um, so as a seam bowling department, we were pretty good. Got, and you got two two really exactly, good finishes. And, and more. So we felt like we had them all covered. It was just that it, more often than not, we had to hold one up because the baton would the baton would set it up for us and then we would have to, you know, just back them up. But 
it, it was weird because Morgs obviously liked to um, bowl first, and he thought whatever whatever happens, we'll we'll knock it off anyway. So we had that confidence, weirdly, no matter how it went, that if even if the opposition got three hundred, we would still knock that off easily. It was just strange that. I guess that the pressure was off the ball as in a way, and that's probably what helped us during that tournament. That we just felt that no matter what happened, the baton would sort would sort of sort us out. So in your situation, then, Zoltz, seeing now so much cricket live, do you find the most nerve wracking slash exciting moments then are when we're bowling or when we're batting? Um, well, I don't know about some nerve wracking excitement. There's just something about that world. Obviously, you're an absolute neutral. You're a, mem- <laughs> well, you're a member I'm, of the press. There's no, there's nothing I'm, going on at the surface. I think I'm quite neutral in the sense that I just love cricket. And, you know, if that, I'm obviously the World Cup final I did feature England, but had it featured, you know, any two teams, I think would have been, you know, gripping whatever happened. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I get, I mean, I do find I've always loved Test cricket. Uh, the best and a good test match that elongated tension over days and days and they're they're just emotionally draining to work on in the media um and i I don't know how players get through them i find at the end of a test match i've just been sitting there looking up stats i'm absolutely knackered so i don't know i mean do you find ways as a player mark when you just kind of learn to you know switch off those you know times when you're say sitting in the pavilion and so it doesn't quite overwhelm you like that no, not really. I think you, you switch off at the end of the test. What happens is the adrenaline keeps you going, the thought of what might be to come, the thought of, you know, how you're gonna bat or how you're gonna you're tactically gonna bowl or how the game's going. You seem to just be on that treadmill and you can sort of switch off at night time of the games. Um, but you, you don't fully switch off. And then after the game, it's sort of like a massive release of emotion, a bit of a come down, and then you just I think that's when you feel most tired because you've been so hyped up for five days, you know, you're playing for your country, uh, you know, the, the the game dictates how you might feel at certain points. Even if you're winning, you're still, you're still not relaxed because you know that the game is finished. So um, I wouldn't say, at the end of day, at the end of day's play, I'm certainly tired when we've been bowling, but I would say at the end of the game, mentally, you're, you're very drained. So at the end of the game, you're probably most tired. But with that amount of adrenaline, are there times when you've, during a test match, you're, take, you're taking the field having had essentially no sleep if it's a nerve-wracking game and the adrenaline's pumping i don't know how, how a couple of times yeah and you would take the field having had not yeah just not not a wink a couple of times i mean australia away recently that was pretty tough because um because we weren't batting as well or or we would spend a long period in the field bowling then we would get bowled out and then we'd be back in the field again so actually you were never getting that like mental break or mental switch off or even physical switch off because you're, you're tired you're sore um, and then, of course, we're in the field for a long time again because we're not bowling them out. I think we only bowled them out well, once that last game. So we're in the field a lot for that series and then we weren't getting the runs. So it was pretty tough mentally and physically. And sometimes you'd be going back in the field where you'd go back to your hotel room and think, like, I'm next in tomorrow. Like, And you just bowled the whole day. And you're like, oh, next in tomorrow, I'm worried, like, you know, am I going to be able to affect the, the game? You might not have much sleep and then you're back in. You know, batting and fielding the next day. It is. It can be brutal, but um, you front up because of who you're playing for. You know, there's there's loads at stake and loads on the line, so you you front up for that. Yeah, I still think it's hardest for the spectators. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy, what, as a as a player, though, we've we've established that you uh, had a brief, uh, ultimately tragic uh, uh, stint as a wicketkeeper. What have been your greatest moments as a player? My greatest moments as a player. Oh, I, I don't. I mean, I I, I scored a um, 
a, a hundred from my village team in a Sunday friendly. Um, really? There was, we're chasing 240 and I was not out at the end and we won by two wickets. And I don't think I would ever come down from that. It's, it's very hard to, to overstate the, the, you know, the, the, the sort of quality of that of that that level of cricket, uh, uh, or understate it, or the you know the anti quality, but still <laughs> having. Oh yeah, doing your solid <laughs> service here. Hundred a match winning hundred, knocking it yeah. off. Lo- local derby as well. Penshurst against Lye. I've sort of taken a catch, and I'm, would be an uh, it is an unbelievable buzz. I remember once taking three catches in a game in which I bowled a couple of dreadful overs, and I can't remember if I batted or not, but. For whatever reason, I, I took three catches, and that gave me almost as big a buzz as any kind of experience. And you One didn't of was, sleep that night, did you? And you had to bat the next day. See how could, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I once dropped the same batsman three times in twenty minutes. That was, uh, that was a real, that was a real low light. <laughs> where were you? Where were you fielding? Well, in various different places, the captain moved me around to try and. Uh, <laughs> Um, get me out of the firing yeah. line. But, um... Oh, that always happens, doesn't it? How does it just follow you? <laughs> it always happens, that doesn't it? You drop one and the ball keeps following you everywhere. Horrible. But in that, because I used to like the level of cricket where it was necessary to have a, a, a what, what do you call it? The first, you have to have someone on the boundary behind the wicketkeeper because the wicketkeeper's success rate, what's that called? Full backstop. Back, backstop? That sounds very American, though, doesn't no, it? No, that was, so I think it was full, the old. Full backstop. stop. Yeah. Backstop, and that would, that would be like like one of the first fielding positions. You're like, well, we need someone really good at backstop when you're like eleven, and <laughs> you know you're doing pretty well to stop the ball once it's if it's gone past the batsman somehow. So it's pretty, you're doing pretty well for the keep. Certainly the teams that I would uh, I would play in. What what would be your your favourite position, Andy, as a fielder though? I mean, do you prowl the covers? Do you, um, um... No, um, I don't think I have one. I was a terrible fielder. I, I did used to enjoy wicket keeping, but because I wasn't very good at it, I did once have a uh, a stumping in a school match. I remember I took the ball, whipped towards the stumps. Massive appeal, but I'd missed the stumps and with 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 the ball. So I was appealing, having just taken a massive air shot at the stumps. <laughs> that feeling of humiliation still burns to this day. I'm sure, a blushing Zaltzman is a very very upsetting yeah. sight for the entire yeah. for the entire community. Um, uh, what do you think is about to happen then? Um, statistically or otherwise to England now suddenly we've had these wet the time we're recording this we're two nil up in a test series against uh New Zealand uh, there's been presumably from your from your uh, uh uh well envious uh position uh a very visible change in in the sort of team dynamic in the atmosphere what what do you imagine the next six months uh, might bring um, and statist- statistically what will it bring presumably you already know the al- algorithms have done the work statistically yeah. I imagine it will bring a lot of runs for Joe Root um, who seemed and I don't know how much you've seen of the series so far um, Mark but he just seems so kind of jovial in the field without the burden of captaincy it's been really great yeah I've watched quite I've watched quite a bit I've seen that way and the report I'm getting is that it, it's you know the captaincy that there's a weight off his shoulders he's yeah. you know about that cheeky lad and cheeky chap that that he was he looks a lot happier and like just does a weight off his shoulders I guess um, and that's why he's in that kind of Andy Zaltzman scoring a not out century to win the game kind of um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of mindset um, so yeah I, I don't I mean it's an interesting it's an interesting summer, and in I mean, I think South Africa is going to come with a really strong seam attack. And after you know a couple of 
not great years. They've they've had some really good results recently, and you know, really, and I've got two good, two really good spinners, four or five really good seamers. I think that could be a really, really interesting series. You know, it is really exciting to see, you know, to see England, um, yeah, b- batting with that kind of freedom. I mean, I guess the challenge is when the ball is moving around, whether they can sort of maintain that. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, well, exciting times. And what what else is going on in the in in your world? Obviously, you've got a huge amount amounts of uh, airtime with um, <laughs> TMS. You've had a pretty 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 good lockdown, from my perspective, Andy. Um, but the uh, uh, have you got lots of stand up stuff coming up as well? Like, would you you do the job I used to do, the news quiz chair? Yes. So that will that will keep you in. Um, in meat and mortgage, uh, but is it? Are you having time to do live work? Um, I did um, a, a tour in sort of February and March, and then a London run in May. I've got a few more dates in November, but um, uh, no, it's mostly the yeah the news quiz, which is sort of half the year, and uh, cricket, which is um, well, there's a lot of cricket on. It's twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stats never sleep. And, we um, did uh, we did a tour together, Mark. Me and Zoltz did a. I mean, I say a tour. I think it was yeah. three or four dates. <laughs> it was. I yeah, I mean, remember. tour is really, really making it sound a lot more grand than it was. But but we do one half of the show each, and we, the running order was based entirely on sort of ge- geography, really, and who would be where or whatever. Or and I seem to remember. I can't remember where they did the Colchester head. was one. I'm certainly remembering Col. Yes, Colchester. I remember you having a very funny routine. That, that very slightly appalled them. It was to do with there being like a sort of floods and then a lack of water. And I just remember, <laughs> I remember laughing, because it's in a, a, a former church, isn't it, Culture Strike Centre? I, I remember laughing and hearing my own laugh echo around the church in response to you using the saying the words, good old British piss. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember what the sort of fundamentals of the routine were. And you're, I can't you're too prolific either. to remember, but I, <laughs> I just found it so completely... I can't believe you haven't played cricket together. Yeah, well, we should rectify that, Mars. I mean, I haven't played a game in four years now. So really, I think I've played about three in that in that time. Miles is on my radar for my comeback. My comeback right. net. Um, <laughs> Miles, <laughs> Miles has agreed to get in there, so maybe you could strike up a batting partnership together. Right, okay, yeah. You yeah, could be Tavri, he could try and be Botham. <laughs> I think that's wise. I think you would be able to map out exactly what my, you know, you could do like a sort of wagon wheel in advance of my likely scoring areas. Third, I mean, if I could get some bats in it, I'd say third backstop. man would be... Third, <laughs> backstop. Third man would be kept extremely busy if, yeah. if I'm able to get any bat on it. Uh, the physio would be, I mean, he would be shattered. Uh, we might need a sort of second and third physio. Because I did, I faced one one delivery of Mark. He was, uh, it was with a tennis ball and it was of no... Um, it was of no steps whatsoever, but I found that a little frightening, you know, and he wasn't even fully fit. Right. What kind of speed? What, what what kind of miles an hour is that? Do you reckon? Probably. I know that when I know I know having tested it out on the bowling machine with Tom Tuck at the Oval that if it's faster than sixty-two, I cannot see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> when they do, I mean, if you're, if we're doing Woody's comeback net, that extra thirty miles an hour can make quite a difference, can't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you're all in bowl at 96, is it 96.7? Is that what we established as your fastest speed ever? It's 97.1, but yeah, close enough. 97.1? What was that? What game was that in? That would have been 2020 against India at Ahmedabad. The ball was the road Sharma. It was a boxer. <laughs> Do you, uh, I, I can't what? really remember, if I'm honest. It's just, it's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you look at speed 
your speed data? Uh, some sometimes, like if I, if I felt particularly sharp, I might go to the um, analyst and say, "Oh, how how quick is it today?" And it depends if I if I bowled poorly, but I've still bowled fast. He'll go, "Oh, wasn't that quick today?" But if I bowled fast and bowled well, he'll go, "Yeah, that was quick today." <laughs> so I think I think he he assesses the mood pretty well. Have you ever come back and like sat down with the analyst and he goes, "Do you want to see your pitch map for today?" Thinking that you've been bowling all right, and then he goes, "There it is," and you think, "Bloody hell, what's that? It looks like someone's dropped a connect four set or something." Well, that's that's the that's the one I'm most upset with is that, man, the the World Cup final, my first spell is awful. I I can't watch it back. I'm so hyped up to try and do well because I was I was desperate to get on, desperate to do well. You know, tr- tried too hard to make an impact. And I've watched it back. And I'm like, why am I not just hitting the top of the stumps here? The pitch is doing a little bit. Wokesy's ball like tremendous. And I'm spraying it all over. And it wasn't until I came back when I was into the game that I was much better. But that first spell, I, I, I literally can't watch it. It's like, it's just, I would hate to see the pitch, mama. I mean, the analyst, um, I'm asking him, you know, at the time, how quick I'd ball because I was chasing, obviously, Joffre for the quickest ball. But I didn't ask him where what my pitch mark was like. I just I couldn't face it. But even though it's what you do for a living, I think I think feeling nervous in a World Cup final. I think that's I think I think you're allowed to forgive yourself that mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you want to give a good account of yourself, don't you? And, and that's what I'm trained to do. I'm trained to, to bowl well in those moments, and I I didn't bowl well that first spell, but I, I came back well, which was particularly pleasing. Well, I mean, you know, that I think I, th- I think if you're not happy with the way that tournament ended, there's something. <laughs> um, I like, like we mentioned before, I hated the game. Honestly, hated it. Um, the result was obviously the best feeling ever and, you know, the best moment ever, but the game was awful to be a part of. It was tense. It was horrible. And it was quite a tricky pitch, wasn't it? It was, you know, both sides sort of struggled to get any fluency. But I just remember the, the atmosphere was nervous in the ground as well. I went... I've told you this before, I'm sure, but I went thinking it would be like, oh, I've got to get up there, got to get there early, just soak up all the atmosphere. But actually, when I got there, it was like 30,000 really nervous people. <laughs> nine hours later, nothing seems to have changed apart from the scoreboard. It's just still, yeah, that, that kind of thing. I sent you that video, didn't I, recently, Woody, of that, um, that I filmed of us singing Sweet Caroline in the... In, yeah. uh, in the uh, I don't, do they sing that in the box? Andy in the commentary uh, box. I don't do you, think do you, they did join. I don't think anyone. I'm not. Can't remember if anyone joined in actually. But I mean, it was a. I mean, that I'll, sort of behaviour is a little bit sky, <laughs> isn't it? Um. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Athos was belting it out at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just. It, in fact, it, it was so good because obviously nobody knew the rules, but we we knew the lyrics to that song, and that was something that able, everyone was able to try to. Was that deliberate? What? So good. So good, so good. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. I thought you generally did that deliberately. Synchronicity, so good, so good. I've been told. Um, the, is that is that count? No, you're not interested anymore. <laughs> um, well, Andy, I think it is time. Uh, it's you've, it's been very generous of you to come onto this podcast, and I mentioned it to you a long time ago. Uh, we've we've made it happen. Uh, uh, you've got an exciting summer uh, ahead of you, and we've set up a, a new baton partnership with the two of yep. you. Yep, the two Looking of us. Forward to it. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be one of those yeah nets where basically because we'll just call. We should. It's a chance for us to practice our running between the wickets, Andy, which yeah. we've never done before. But I yeah. can already tell you, <laughs> I imagine it would be absolutely fucking shocking. Uh, the pair of us <laughs> calling and being easily distracted and getting overexcited or. Possibly stopping to reminisce. Yes. Uh, mid, 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 I've lost mid, the yard of pace over the years as well. I will, I will throw that I, into the, I've got to factor that in. I am yet to gain a yard of pace. Uh, <laughs> I only had one. 
I've lost my one and only yard. Um, but let's. Uh, so I hope you have a, enjoy the, the the summer and winter ahead of you. But we've got time uh, for a wooded super over now. Uh, ever popular furniture item. I mean top top content. Uh, Woody's super over. So I'm going to be on the clock. Zolt, are you ready? Right, ready. Born ready. Right, Miles, you tell me when you when you when the clock's ready. I wasn't born ready. I was I was born wondering or asking the question to remind me how this works again. <laughs> um, that was something. Oh yeah, I was with Rory Bremner at the weekend, Andy, and he was talking about that that very funny routine you have about when you uh, have helping your wife deliver a baby. Oh, yeah. Yes, My, and our that, baby, not just any old baby. It was our yeah. Oh right, he was he was I thought deliberately vague about it. Uh, no, he was uh, yeah delivering your baby, and that was a line I searched for the hero inside myself. Oh yeah, and he wasn't in, and I just found a large pile of unopened posts addressed to the hero inside myself, suggesting that he'd never lived at that address. So. <laughs> in that, that that if I may say, it's classic. Uh, Thank you, <laughs> Andy Zaltzman, the the apotheosis of the of the oeuvre. Uh, I I have uh, uh, one minute thirty seconds on the clock, ready to go for you to fill as you please, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Your time starts now. White spikes or coloured spikes? Oh, uh, white. Favourite TV owl? <laughs> TV owl? Oh, uh, I can't think of any TV owls. Uh, Richie Benno, he's basically an owl. <laughs> <laughs> Most random celebrity contact in your phone. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, uh, ooh, the most random celebrity. Ah, no, pass. I'm, I, oh, no, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I can't. I can't leave any. Sorry, I'm gonna have to play and miss at that one. Your first cricket bat, uh, Gun and Moore. One in a little blue and green stickers down the back. I can't. I think it might have been a Maestro. Might have been the one pre Maestro. Yeah. yeah. Favorite sandwich filling. Um, favorite sandwich filling. I will go for blue cheese, salami, and red currant jelly. Turning pitch or green top. Turning pitch. Heaviest item you've ever dropped on your foot. Typewriter. <laughs> Have you ever been mistaken for a famous person or another cricketer? Uh, I don't think I've ever been mistaken for another cricketer. Uh, famous uh, person. Uh, no, I used to get heckled about people. I used to get heckled about looking like Art Garfunkel, but I don't think I was ever actually mistaken. And also Queen Elizabeth I. But again, I don't think people mistook me for <laughs> Elizabeth I. The time is gone, but I don't want it to end. Keep going. No, no, I don't <laughs> want got, it to end. We've, we've got two left. Mike Gatting is, Mike Gatting is coming for dinner. What are you going to cook for him? <laughs> um, an elk. <laughs> <laughs> you walk out the back. What are you going to ask the umpire for when taking guard? Oh, leg stump. Leg stump every oh. time. <laughs> so that was quality. That was very fine. the barest of all margins. I think you're the first person that hasn't been able to easily recall their their first bat. That seems to be... I mean, you've got a lot Uh, of numbers near the surface, I guess. uh, No, I remember it was a gun and more, but I couldn't remember what make it was. I think it was just like a basic. I'm not even sure it had... So I did it. My second bat was a maestro. The first bat was just... It it had narrow stickers down the back. I've got it somewhere. An elk. Elk. Elk, a very fine answer. The sort of... Celebrity, yeah, that's no, no. Maybe there are no celebrities in you, or you don't think of people oh, it's in, you, that, Miles. in that Can way. Can I count you? Am I random? Am I a celebrity? <laughs> are any of us really here? Um, 
Uh, you could, yeah, if that counts. With our, do you know our best ever answer for that? And we were we were genuinely surprised by this. Um, uh, Simon Taufel. Right. Guess, uh, and we've asked other uh, uh, guests to guess this. Guess who Simon Taufel's uh, unexpected or random celebrity in his mobile uh, mobile phone contact book was. You can't um, give him a clue. I don't think we do. I think Andy's so bright. His knowledge is so all-encompassing. He's always been able to divine information and things like that. Uh, was He's it connected the to the Mafia, famously. The Pope is actually a very close answer. It really? is the leader of a religion, of a faith. Are you Archbishop of Canterbury? Oh, that's, this is, this is your sort of... This, <laughs> right, that is... No, no. Just what other world faiths are left? Um, Dalai Lama? Do, yes! Hey! Yes! There we go. <laughs> I was too... he'd, he'd be a great umpire, the Dalai Lama. He was calm under pressure. You know? That's right. Do you think? I think. Yeah, I think sometimes he might take quite a long time to give a decision. Yeah, uh, Archbishop of Canterbury. That's your that's your Kentish bias showing yes. there. I'm yeah. afraid, Andy. I know you always try and bring him into things, but no, uh, <laughs> that was the wrong answer. But yeah, you, I remember being there when you got your or, or once. I've seen you live so many times. Ah, uh, Miles. I tell you what, we haven't discussed with, with Andy here. He said turning pitch. I think that's the first one we've had yes. this series. Everyone when people yeah. said green top, yeah, turning pitch. That was the first one. Must be must be the way to keep Aaron likes to get low on those turning pitches. <laughs> <laughs> but I've definitely been at a gig of yours when someone's shouted sing bright eyes. <laughs> uh, and you looking I think it's fair to say tired. Um, <laughs> Uh, what an absolute treat to have on uh, Middle Please umpire uh, uh, Andy Zaltzman, uh, polymath, um, <laughs> dramaturg, um, uh, uh, roller coaster hater, um, uh, log log flume um, aficionado, aficionado. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Are there any other? Are there any of your job titles that we've forgotten? Um, no, it's mostly the log flumes these days. These days, the yeah. Shed well, keeper. Yep. She, Keeper of the Almighty Shed. Shed keeper, dance captain. Uh, All of those. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Uh, Andy, thank you very much indeed for being a guest on Middle Please Umpire. Uh, Andy Zaltzman there, uh, the Test Match Special Statistician and indeed... I thoroughly enjoyed that, Miles. Astonishingly brilliant satirist. He's great. He's great. I've, I've no, As I said, I've known him for two decades. I, I remember going to see a show he did in Edinburgh. 20... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Round about the millennium. It was called uh, Andy Zaltzman versus the Dog of Doom. Uh, and another one he did the year later, Andy Zaltzman and the Catapult of Truth. So, so if you were to do a sort of test match special style finish, it would be Andy Zaltzman and Job have, have put on a fantastic partnership here. Match winning, Job with his um, flamboyant shots through the onside, Zaltzman through the offside. It's been a cakewalk for these two in the end. Only we can hope that... These two bat together more often and possibly win more games for England. Mark, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. I would like to hear you in the Test Match Special Box again. Not before you've you know come in and bowled some ninety-seven point one mile an hour deliveries. Obviously, but I, I, I think I don't think that'll be really my style. Maybe Wiggy Wiggy um, open up the door. Got the keys to your city. Jump B Zaltzman. Here they come. They're going to knock off. All done. Mark, how on earth? How have you been able to keep that under wraps that you can freestyle like wraps. that? Wraps. Love, love that. Keep, uh, keeping your uh, ability to... Yeah. out left, right, centre. How have you been able to do that? that? You know that was why Coolio's career tailed off, because he couldn't freestyle. And there's you wandering <laughs> around being able to do that. Instead, choosing to you know play international sport. 
Extraordinary the way things turn out. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening to Middle Please Umpire. Uh, please continue to uh, write emails and letters into our um, virtual or possibly real mailbag uh, with sightings and stories. We're all, uh, always genuinely delighted to receive them and to, to read them out in chortle. Um, so thank you very much indeed. It's bye from me, Miles. And I'm off to put my comfy step one pants on. Goodbye from me, Mark Wood. Should be taken and is taken. Brilliant from Martwood. What a spell this has been. Every day, William Hill has advanced odds on cricket matches. That includes flash odds ahead of the big games, plus hashtag your odds and much more. Stake limit supply. Odds may fluctuate. Visit WilliamHill.com 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.